in trouble. Yes, welcome to the 24th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X, here with my illustrious guest once more, the normal panel of black men. Very dramatic pause before Black Bear. <laughs> right. that's, because, that's because I got to let y'all know. I got to warn y'all because it's a problem. You know, um, I'm before I even get into the introductions now, I got to break into Central Park Karen, who actually did an interview the other day and said that the reason why she responded to that black man telling her to put her dog on a leash in the park was because she felt aggressed by him. He was all big and whatnot. And oh, she was, yeah, and, and and him saying, "Hey, hey, hey," yeah, because he sounded real soft to me. Well, I believe he's kind of soft, but he was like, "Hey, you can't have your dog out here without a leash," and she took that as being aggressive. Mm. What was that recently? That was no, that was the year. case from last summer, last year, I think. Yeah chick that lost her job because you know she started she said i'm gonna call the police and he was recording her and she was recording she was on the phone with the police saying oh my god he's coming close he's coming close and she's walking towards him as she's walking towards him yeah that's that's the one so it's like so you black men you don't be so aggressive this show Oh, I was okay that's what i hadn't tied up why you mentioned it till just now that's right from California, Mr. Gene Hopkins. Hey, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. From Detroit, owner of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. West Grand hey, Boulevard. Grant Lancaster. What up, though? How you be? And from the greater Philadelphia area, New Jersey area. The one, the only, Mr. Robert Brooks. Really now? The one, the only? You know, there's got to be some others out there. <laughs> well, there's some other Robert Brooks out there, but there's no Robert Brooks like this Robert Brooks. You get another round of applause for that, Rob. Another round of applause. So how Just you gentlemen? Just for being you. Just for being me. How about that? Yeah. That's right, man. That's right. All of y'all get rounds of applause just for being you because you are the light in an otherwise dim world right now. That's right. All three of you are shining lights, beacons. Nice. Nice. Like that one on your screen. Exactly. I've, I, I feel the philosophical uh, conversation coming. No, 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 no. After the show, I'm going to ask each one of y'all for money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got Sukiyaki as your ringtone? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. You hear that? I'm trying to figure out who this is. This is some yeah, Fisher Price. Damn. I'm actually waiting for. You said a, it's Fisher Price. Yeah, that's what that's what it says. But I'm actually going to have a. We're actually going to have a um a guest calling into the show today later on. Surprise, but it's not really that much of a surprise. But we're going to get into it. But so I don't know if that's him or not because um it's not the phone. It's not his phone number. So. Oh. So you have everybody listed under Sukiyaki? Everyone else is Sukiyaki. Yeah, Sukiyaki, that's right. 
Listen, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to think for Asians, man. That's all it is, man. I've got to think for Asians. I love the culture. No doubt. So you enjoy the Olympics then, huh? Oh, man, as much as I possibly can. You know, Olympics are, I think it's very interesting what's going on with the Olympics because you have all these people. I, I thought it was funny that everyone is, um that you have a lot of people that were rooting against the women's national team because that Megan Rapinoe um, had the goal to kneel before the show, before the first game. And white people were very upset at that, or some people were very upset saying that it's un-American and stuff like that. And I just find it interesting because you're actually, we're sitting up here and we're taking all these things that are supposed to be American and supposed to be like freedom is what this country is supposed to be. That's supposed to be what you're all about is freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of your rights to walk around. And we all know that over the past like 40 years, we've seen all those freedoms walk back a little bit at a time. So when you see someone who, when you see like half of the country say that they're rooting against the American soccer team because they feel like she is not representing America because she kneels or she feels that there's something wrong. That's the most anti-American shit you could ever say. That's just my opinion. Say, do, act upon, whatever, and everything. You might as well, the motherfuckers might as well just like, they're the ones that like were holding water bottles for people who were rushing the Capitol on July 6th. Good job. Have a water bottle. You know, it's not right. But I find it interesting that you have all these people rooting against that. Uh, they're the same people who say, you know, you can't burn the flag, but yet, you know, they do plenty of things that, you know, that are against the United States flag code, like wearing it as a bikini or wearing it as a head wrap, you know, yeah. or making it the back the blue flag. Like all of those are violations of flag code. Yes. But it's only it's only when, quote unquote, you know, one of us violates the flag that all oh. of a sudden we're un-American and all that BS. Yeah, flag- we're storming the Capitol. Flag sure. It's a revolution. You think you really think that it's that it's respecting the flag to like have the stars and the bars right like you know riding up on your junk. For real? Well, I mean, if I put it on like that, if I put on like a, a banana hammock with the stars and stripes on it, it'd definitely be honoring it. <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely be a step up for the stars and bars. Mr. Brooks. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, it's like stuff like that is like I don't know. I guess watching five year olds argue. I'm only gonna watch so much of it. Well, you know, I'm only really gonna tune in to so much of it. Well, you know, it's just you know, it's just the ridiculous, the ridiculousness of it. Uh, uh, I can't even. I don't know. I just can't even. I can't even acknowledge it anymore. Well, well, Gene, like the, the odd thing is that Gene, on this panel, you're the only one that actually signed up to represent this country. And if anyone would have an opinion on it, I'm actually curious as to like, you know, I'm actually more curious as to how you feel about it. I know you've long since given up that ideology. Yeah, I'm an expat, bro. I'm an expat. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a good answer. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, patriotism or uh, any educated person, you you know, I slash black educated person. 
that I would say is a black patriot, that's an oxymoron. I don't even understand it anymore, but I understand the attraction to it. Mm-hmm. And I understand the buy-in because I have been attracted to it and I have bought into it. But now, now that I'm under a different, uh, what do you call that? I subscribe to different things than patriotism. Uh, I don't understand it. I mean, you know, the history is there and everything else. And so uh, I guess the only thing that, uh, the only logic to it is, is that, you know, you're going to you keep killing people with kindness. <laughs> you know? I don't know, you know, and so, so, so hopefully, uh, you know, maybe, hopefully they're right and I'm wrong, shit. And people can be killed with kindness, but I just don't understand it. I don't understand any of it. Well, you know, well, you know, the big thing is that this world is definitely full of um, idiosyncrasies and um, things that can be opposites. I'm looking for the word that I'm looking for, you know, that I always use. But generally what it comes down to is that we have a country that says one thing and does something different. And if, you know, you could scratch your head about it all day long, but the truth of the matter is, if this was truly an inclusive country, we wouldn't have any of the problems that we have socially. I was actually speaking to my neighbor right before we did this recording. I was outside and, you know, he came back from the casino. He actually won. Big shout out to Big Dave right there. Got some money at the casino there. Very, very rare occurrence because we know that's so not you, the way casinos You, you put them on blast for people to come get them? Well, listen, <laughs> B, he didn't make that much money. You know what I'm saying? We got each other's back, so it's all right. Break in there. I'm going to come. I'll be across the street in a minute. But, like, you know, the thing is, though, we were we were talking about, you're always throwing me off. You're always throwing me off, Rob. You was outside talking to us. Uh, yeah, I was outside talking to the brother. We were talking about America. We were, Dave the Dice. Yeah, and, let, and let's, be, let's be honest, like, you know, about America. Like, black people really associate more. One of the problems is that we really associate more with what they would consider to be conservative Americans than we do with liberals. I think about liberals and I don't really have much in common with them motherfuckers at all, you know, other than like, you know, because they say that they're all for civil rights, but we all know what happens when it comes down to it. it comes down to the vote. When somebody comes and moves into your neighborhood, they say, Hey, welcome and everything. And then they go three houses down and the neighbor says, well, there goes our property values. And they're like, yeah, we better sell right away. You know? So that's their, that's their way of doing things and thinking about things. But conservatives are really more about God and family and religion. And that's really what black people do. They, we're all about, you know, family, things like that. So it's like very difficult to, it's very difficult for them to uh, be in a situation where, be in a situation where in America, they make believe that things are the way that it is. And it's not, you know, it's not. It's it's like uh I think black people in this country we we suffer from like Stockholm syndrome you know what I mean where we just kind of relate better to the oppressor better to being oppressed than to not being oppressed so sure. like you ever see you ever see the movie Sixth Sense yeah when there there was a, a little girl that died and he had to show the dad the video at the, at the at the funeral or whatever mm-hmm. well the little girl took a video of her stepmoms poisoning her and she would still drink the soup, right? Mm-hmm. That's, 
the little girl in, in that scene to me represents black folks. Mm. The stepmoms is America. Like we know that we're being poisoned, right? Mm. We know it, but we just continue to drink the fucking soup. Mm. Just like that little girl in the movie. Straight Stockholm. Straight yeah. Stockholm. That's, that's, that's how we are, man. We, we continue to drink the fucking soup. And at, at some point, you got you got to say, look, man, I'm tired of being fucking sick in this bed. I got to get out of it. Right. But it's I mean, the bed is comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like, you, you've we been got, in the bed. We got Netflix, 40s and weed, right. man. Come on. Right. Like. You've been in the bed. The bed is comfortable. <laughs> and I mean, so what? You throw up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, well, yeah I mean, that's, that's a so, so I, I translate that to uh, to uh, conquering. Of fear, same thing. Uh, you know, instead of being uh, having to face fear, you you uh, you continue in comfort. You know, because the the fear is uh, coming up out of that comfort, and you know, which is uncomfortable, of course. And so, you know, there's just it's, there's still s- such a such a cloud, uh, just the atmosphere of fear amongst us. It's, it's in our DNA and, and everything else that uh, you're just not going to display the courage to come up out of that shit. Uh, you'd rather stay comfortable. And, you know, a lot of people have hinged decades on it. You got people who have for, for 30 or 40 years been believing and some type of dogma, let's just say. I'm not even going to bash any particular, but 30, 40 years into a dogma. By the way, each dog, each each sect says the other one is full of shit, but, you know, there's a, right. there's a thousand of them, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, 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 and for 30 years, you have grabbed a hold of one of them and said, this is the ride I'm going to be dedicated to. Uh, uh, basically, uh, Win or lose, this is the ride I'm gonna be doing. So to detach from that and call bullshit on everything, including your 30 years, that's a level of courage, man. That that uh, you know, I'm curious to see how what what the shake is is necessary to to snap out of that. You know, my uh, my grandmother used to hammer into me all the time. Um, you know, her, her saying was, you got to get you a job that the white man can't take away from you. Mm. Like that was her message. When I said, I wanted to go to college, you crazy. That's, you, that's sophistry. Like you need to, you need to get your ass a job that the white man can't take away from you. If you learn to fix cars, no matter what they do to you, you can always repair cars on the side of the house. Like if you do houses, you can always, you know, get side jobs doing that. And that was her message. Like I could have bought into that. And, you know, and checked, sort of checked out, but like, no, I'm going to find this sort of underground existence and just cruise through. Try not, you know, don't stick my head up so they can't knock me down. And she would and there's not, a lot of people. There's a lot of people who are indoctrinated that way. And she would you not know? have been wrong because we see we see all the time in the United States. It's, these statistics bear out that she's right. You know, an educated black man with a four year degree is generally uh, making money on the same level as a white man with a high school diploma. You know, um, last hired, first fired. Um, That's the way it is. All these things are about inclusion in the United States. These are the things that makes 
that make black people the way that they are with white people and within their systems here. And it's fun, like, that's what me and my neighbor were talking about. We were talking about. Oh, you it. remember that now? Yeah, now I remember it because it's in, that's why I'm on the topic. I'm trying to get back there. But we were talking about nationalism. And he's like, you know, man, you know, nationalism. Last time we saw nationalism rise was Hitler in Nazi Germany and everything. And that's true. But um, nationalism would actually work here in this country. That's what everything is going. That's what everything is all about. Nationalism in this country would work. The, pro- the reason why nationalism does not work in this country is because it comes with racism. If people were to look at everyone that were just citizens as citizens and put those people first and then go with something, then like, you know, then you break down everything else. But the first thing is that, you know, your rights are undeniable no matter what. You have different discussions in this country. You have a different country. But we all know that it's not about meritocracy. The fear of a meritocracy is really what it comes down to. And that's why we have all these fascist things coming to light, especially at this point in time where jobs are less than ever. Um, UBI, you know, is something that is really, UBI has really been tested out for the past year. That's universal basic income in case anyone who doesn't know. But we've been, we've all been living this UBI experience for the past year with COVID, that's what unemployment is. It's a universal basic income. And generally, people like it. You don't hear, and this was the joke that we were making, it's like plenty of times when it, the argument against the UBI was that once poor people get money, you're going to see them drinking 40s in the street, hanging out and everything. You're going to get chaos everywhere. Right. It's going to be crack in the streets and like, you know, a motherfucker's just going crazy. But that's not what we've seen over the past year. But he did say something very interesting. When they go to the casino out here on Long Island, which is, a, which is an all-digital casino, they make you show your ID, they take a picture of your ID, and they take a picture of you when you walk in. They're collecting that information. So if you're receiving that UBI in the form of unemployment, they have they have a record of you running back and forth to the casino now. And yeah, the casino is not going to won't share that with them at this point. I I don't think you don't think so. Well, because casinos are yeah, casinos are, are still fringe in their revenue in many ways. I would imagine because whenever you're dealing with cash business, you all you, yeah you, you got to have secrecy because there's just too much corruption. Well, this I, I, well, they got, they gonna know you. That would they gonna know you were there. Yeah. They gonna know you were there because you got the mark of the beast in your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and I would know. <laughs> and I, I would normally agree with you, except for that this casino is mostly digital. So yeah. it's like there's no there's no tables. There's not there's no like interaction. There's not much mm-hmm. cash being passed around here. So everything every dollar is accounted for. That goes in. That's being spent in that in that casino at this point. So it's a little bit different, but UBI is the experience that we've been going through right now. And, um, you know, but, it ain't, it's, it's, but basic is basic is they could change that to universal basic survival income. Cause that's what it is. I mean, you know, that it, it ain't no thrival Preach. or, uh, or be happy income. So, you know, this is what I say thrival. It, yeah, it ain't no thrival income. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit is survival income. The, the act of creation, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit. And so, uh, 
And so, and so I don't, you know, when people start talking about people not wanting to go to work because they get unemployment, I be thinking to myself, you're not talking about jobs people want to go to anyway. Exactly. And if they pick an unemployment over it, I'm saying shit. But you ain't gonna tell me that someone who 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 is getting, let's just say, like in in California, someone might get as much as seven hundred fifty dollars a week, right? Which is three three thousand dollars every four weeks a month, right? I'll tell you something, man. I can't even imagine anybody surviving off of three. You, I can imagine you missing some bills and this and that, and still paying rent and maybe having some food and stuff. But ain't you nobody's rent, ain't nobody's rent under eighteen hundred dollars. You know, you can't I, imagine. That's the question. However, okay. However, uh-huh. there, there's a listen. I'm gonna tell you something that I that I've learned in my in my 21 years on this fire department. People live in amazingly horrible ways, bruh. Yeah. Amazingly horrible. Right? When you when you when you run up in people's houses, you know, I mean, every I mean, obviously everything is burning, but when you when you kind of see the aftermath, you know, let's say it's just a bedroom, right? Or or a kitchen or whatever. You run up in the house and the person, you know, it's uh sheets on the floor, you know mattresses on the box on the floor no box spring or just sheets on the floor it's 17 people living in the house it's piles of dog shit everywhere you'd be amazed oh, at no. how poorly when I say that, a lot of people live so when you so yeah. so so I'm, I'm just saying as a as a you know as a as a ubi just just basic money yeah i would say if i if i had to, if i had to take a guess i would say 40% of the population that's money to them. Well, in yeah. California, you your gene is talking in, in terms of California, I'm sure where Yeah, cost of I don't know is, that they give out that much in, in other places, you know, and, and stuff like that, but the cost of living is so high. I, like man, I, I can't believe it, man, you know, but like my truck take 20 gallons. Man, if I'm up from E to 20, that's how, that's just about a C note. Uh yeah, C out here. And it's like, what? You know, how do people, if I had to be in traffic all day, every day, and had to spend 50 of that a day on gas, just do the math. Well, we've seen that's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's an enormous monthly spend for, you know, for, uh, you know, a, 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 a set check, you know, or just, a, you know, a, a, a check that's going to be the same. See that's what right. I, that's what I like about our conversations because we discuss things that have already been wrapped up by other places but this is the actual how and the reality of what's going on. You discussing Gene like the cost of living in California and how much it costs for you to you know get your truck in brings into people who work in Silicon Valley who are making $50,000 and sleeping in their cars. You know they're making no, they're making a hundred and fifty and sleeping in their cars I'm, and vans. I'm trying to be nice just, about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just no. trying to be. But if you're making fifty, if you're making fifty, you're definitely sleeping in your car in oh, San yeah. Francisco and Oklahoma and, oh. and like Oakland. You know, um, these things. This is the reality of this. This is the reality of this country. When we're going, we're talking about, I was talking to another friend of mine who was, um, you know, was a friend on the show, Man Quasi. Y'all were here. Man Quasi was a guest on the show before. 
And we were talking about the forbearance situation in the United States of America with the foreclosures. A lot of people, a lot of landlords, landowners are are really screaming for things to be changed so that way they can start collecting their rents again, get people out of their homes so that way they can out of the homes that they've basically been squatting in and um, get them back on the rolls. And one company, one mortgage company, actually called in forbearances like a month ago. And if you're not aware of what a forbearance is, forbearance is something that allows the that allowed that the banks offered to a lot of people during this COVID thing, since no one was working, industry shut down, and it allows you to take your instead of just being delinquent, they call it a forbearance. So, say your mortgage is two thousand every month, that two thousand goes into a pile. You don't pay for it a year. You got twenty four thousand dollars that you owe at the end of the year, and it goes into a into one big pile. And at the end of that, the idea and the thought process was that they're going to set up a payment arrangement to allow you to pay that forbearance money back. But what these banks are doing, of course, and I know this because I've worked in real estate and I work in real estate in investment properties. You know, they want that property as much as they want that money. Your payments are good, but that one time hit that allows them to um, borrow another $500,000 on your property for them is even better. So they've taken a lot of these and they've sent out the forbearances on a lot of these houses. So a lot of people got bills for 24000 40000 30000 50000 60000 And with the forbearance, when they send you that payment, it's due next month. So you could be in a situation where you owe $40,000. In August, you owe nothing. In September, they're expecting a $40,000 payment from you. And if not, then you go right into the foreclosure train. That's what's going on in the United States right now. There are a couple of different companies that are buying a lot of properties up and have continually, they were they were buying before COVID. And um, the idea is that they're buying these properties and they're renting them out to people. So that way um, they're, the new, they're the new homeowners. So whereas your mortgage might cost you 900 a month, your rent is going to cost you 1600 a month, 1700 a month. We've been terraformed, and COVID is kind of bringing things to a light. Like you said, people don't want to go to work anymore. A lot of people are saying, like, yo, listen, I enjoy my time with my family. And you have people that grew up in in households where they watch their parents work all the damn time, and they miss their parents growing up. And now they have an opportunity to actually see what that actually means by staying at home and that's looked at as being that's looked at as being a negative it's socialist it's bad so the opposite of socialism in this case is actually fascism we've got all these different fascist things that are coming up and i don't even know what the point is of what i'm saying other than just like putting it out there for people to understand and know that these are the these are the battles that this country is looking at and i was at this i was at this event on sunday and it was um, a christening for a baby, and one of the guys, one of the guys, one of the grandfathers is a um, is a Trumper. The other one is a retired cop. You know, he leans conservative, leans Trumper, and everything. He's a man of melanated melanated form, but this is where he leans. And we were talking about this about this whole thing, and I just told him, I said, "Look, bro, this whole shit needs to be terraformed and changed." 
And the problem, the reason why people are losing their shit is because if you terraform it and you change it, there's no way that they're going to be able to change it and hide their advantages like they've been able to do with the current system. People don't want to be called out. They don't want it to be out there. They don't mind stealing as long as you don't know that they're stealing. They don't mind not making it fair as long as they know that, you know, they know it and you can't outwardly blame them for it. So something's got to give. Something's got to give. But, but somebody, so the prop, the problem as, as I see it, cause, and I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but the problem is that someone ultimately is going to be in charge of making this thing happen. So human nature is going to take over. You know what I mean? So whatever, whatever group of people is in charge of, of the next regime, eventually they're going to, corruption is going to seep into them too. The greed, greed is going to step up. You know what I mean? Uh, people are going to hate on them. They're going to, they're going to be scared. They're going to raise armies, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, you got, you're going to see the, the whole thing just start over again. I, I, I don't know that. I don't know that you could get away from it. I mean, because in this, in this country, and I and it's probably it's probably all over the world, but in this country, what we've been taught to do is to worship money, right? So, so if money is at the root of everything that we do, and I'm and I'm saying money as in the acquisition of money, the the the, the competition for resources in this country is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So, if if everything in this country is about money, eventually, even if you were to have a a, a ginormous reset you know, of, of, if you just reset the distribution of, of resources, greed is still going to play a part and somebody going to be trying to take my shit. Somebody going to be trying to take my shit for me. Greed is always going to be a part. And also that lends into the fact that for somebody to make, for the Waltons to make a billion dollars, somebody has got to make three fifty an hour. Right. Like the, the, you know, in, in a reset, we'll have to revalue We'll have to take a look at what we value and revalue some of those things. The fact that, you know, healthcare, education are sort of devalued. Some of those things are, are underfunded, says a lot about our culture. The guys right. who can create the guys who can create more money get exorbitant sums. But the people who educate the next generation don't. That's a failure. But there's no way to change that without busting up the whole system. Mm. Right. Like that doesn't that that's not a simple conversation like, hey, tomorrow we're going to you got to bust up a whole value system behind that. Well, they've already busted up our system, like slowly but surely. You know, if you look at this, if you look at what's going on, you can't look at things without them being like topical, without looking at things the way that they've actually happened over the course of 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And that's the thing. That's that's what makes I think what makes my perspective unique is because I remember looking at things from the 70s, even as a young kid, and watching the news and saying, all right, well, that doesn't make sense. And then the 80s, well, that's going to cause a problem. And then the 90s and 2000s and moving forward, you know, we had a world where, just look at music, for example. Take music and even bands. We all know that these kids' music is shit. You know, their music is shit. If you like rock music, your kids' music is shit. If you like rap music, your kids' music is shit. How did bands come into play? How did bands, how did we get funk? Okay. 
the way that we got funk, the way that we got all this music was that people went out to different shows. They interacted. They did a gig for maybe less money than what they could afford, maybe $200, $250, whatever. You got five guys in the band that's splitting up $50 a piece if they're even lucky. And they go out and they ply their trade and they jump in a van and they do that from place to place to place. Well, if you're in a band today, if you were to, and this, this was hundreds of bands, hundreds of bands, you had hundreds of record labels, you had hundreds of different people that are making different music. And music is a dispensive, it's a dispension system for ideas. That's what it is. So now you compare that to what the music business is today. The music business today is five or six record companies worldwide. Okay. Right. Sure. You've got the internet where you can listen to music, but you know, those people are basically at home learning how to make music and they might come up with something good, but how much better could it be if they went out and they actually got the reaction from an audience and if they learn, polish their craft, if they polish their craft and things. So you don't allow people to polish your craft anymore. And this well, is go, ahead. You go to a show. Now you'll see that like yeah. you go to a show now and these dudes are just standing around on stage. They have no idea how to interact with the audience. They have no charisma. They're just out there doing their thing. Cause they used to stand, stand in there in their room, staring into a camera. Exactly. Doing it. Exactly. So that human element is gone. And when people say that they want things to be the way that they were, but you've erased those human elements, you know, just take, for example, you take a, you take a group, um, a 70s soul band that had like maybe that had maybe 10 pieces in the band. Right. That's like a two or three car caravan. All right. That two or three car caravan going up and down, going up and down the turnpike. How many times today are they going to get harassed, beat up? arrested you know can they afford is there a motel where they can afford to go and stay in for a night even with them making cheap wages these things are these are parts of the development of people and humans and interaction that is now that now no longer exist so when old motherfuckers like us or our age i won't say like us but like our age start complaining about things they don't, they're not really looking at that entire picture. They're only looking at the picture as to how it like relates to them. And I think it's like, I think it's a part of the problem, but in order for you to put these things back in place, then is that a worse way of life? Well, well but so, so here's the thing, right? Um, you can't, you can't go back to an age, right? So, We've like we've advanced past as a, as a society as a whole. We've advanced past that train of thought. You see, what I'm saying of of putting a band together. Let's just let's just use that. In the '70s, you put a band together and you had a singer and you you made a record. You went to a label, blah blah blah. Right, the whole the whole nine. Technology and everything, and and the and the culture shift has made it to where now you don't have to put a band together because people, Stevie Wonder got in the studio all by himself. Right. But people have thought of sampling. Mm -hmm. People have created synthesizers. People have started doing all types of different things, auto tunes or so you don't even have to know, really know how to sing anymore. You know, there's auto tune. There's, you know, you can get pro tools. I mean, you can get everything that you have to get in order to make a record where, whereas 
in the seventies, you could, you couldn't cop all that. You see what I'm saying? But today you can go, I can go online right now and download everything that I need in order to make a record and put that record out tomorrow. Well, I mean, heck you, if you buy, you know, a basic Mac laptop or an iPad, it comes right. with GarageBand on it. That's all. Right. You need. Exactly. Like that's the, that piece of programming right there, which they include with the machine back then, that's a, a six figure mixing board. Right. You know, that's a couple thousand dollars in cables. That's a, another couple thousand right. dollars, you know, six figures in processing gear. And it's free. They give it away with right. the machine. They give I, it away. When, when I speak to high school students, I always tell them, like, look, my entire college education is right here on your phone now. Because with between GarageBand and iMovie, mm-hmm. like a Steenbeck, right. a film editing device was $100,000 back in the day. Mm-hmm. Video deck, each deck was $50,000 and the controller to make them, you know, to make it function so you could edit from one tape to the other was another twenty, thirty thousand dollars That's $130,000 before you, before you bought a tape or a camera. Mm, like right. the, the bar to entry was so high then, and now it's not. And now, and now truly anybody can do it. And then, and then just think about this. So all of these things that we're talking about, right? So when, when you, when you talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, when you, when you talk about the the change in, in, in culture, right? The, the, the shift change that we've had in terms of technology. Um, when you start talking about, uh, you know, how, how, uh, legally, how you can, how you could change something, how, um, you know, how you, how you get from point A to point B, like, so in the last 30 years, the cost, the cost of going to college has gone up, you know, 250% on, on average. Right. So, when you talk about all of those things, right, in terms of America, just think about this. Those things do not affect the people that make the rules, right? That the, 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 the Waltons, the Rockefellers, the Jeff Bezos of the world, any rules that you make don't really affect them because they have enough money to transcend whatever you're talking about. So in this in, in that way, they're they're always gonna be and they're that sound like Diggy Diamond Shell. Time out. We got Diamond Shell. <laughs> that sound like Diggy Diamond. What up, B? Shell, can you hear us? Yeah, man, Yeah, hold on a second. Let me I'm trying to I'm trying to patch you in here into the podcast right now. We've got a special guest on the show today, our old friend, Diamond Yo, we're going to go outside and push a Cadillac out of the driveway just for uh, just for old time's sake. So, hold on a second. Let me call you right back. I'm going to call you right back, okay? I'm about to go, I'm about to go dust off my cassette of the noise on Noble Street right now. <laughs> Hold on, we gotta set this. We gotta set this up so we can get Shell in here on the show. So that brother, yeah. you know, this shit, this it, shit it, came it, to it, a screeching halt. Was a strict, strict uh, competition between who helped me sneak out more back in the uh, in my you know eighth grade, ninth grade days. Ex or Diamond Shell, right? <laughs> this is right. this is very compelling for the audience right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're just riveted at this moment. Like, what the fuck? Who? Diamond what? Diamond what? 
Oh, what a night. Yeah. You know, oh, bruh. You know, Biz outfitted Kenny and Shell with every darn starter uh, jacket. And those, um, remember those, they had like, they started, used to have like those thick, like, um, they, they were like team shirts, whatever, but like, they weren't hockey oh, yeah, jerseys, yeah. but they sort yeah, of looked yeah. like hockey jerseys. Uh-huh. Like, Shall Biz you put, yeah, man, I'm in a crazy part of Long Island, man. I don't know what my phone is doing. Well, it's not. It's not really your fault. I think it's. I think it's more like I should have. I should have double checked how we get this set up with the podcaster once more. But you know, y'all can hear Shell talking, can't you? Absolutely, yes, sir. Absolutely. So we have. We're here with the with the old crew, Mr. Robert Brooks, Grant Lancaster, Gene Hopkins. And we've got our boy Diamond Shell from Noble Street here. We're going to give you a round of applause. Mr. Parker, what's going on, homie? <laughs> Believe it. Believe it. Yeah, so we're, we're all here. We were just, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about music and how people can't, how um, today they change, like, the bands up, how people used to travel in. You know how bands used to develop and rap groups used to develop and everyone used to develop by being actually in front of la- out in front of live crowds. And um, for the people who don't know, Shell is actually Biz Marquis' brother. You know, um, that's what my mom told me. That's what your mom told you. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the great Eloise. Yes, the great Eloise. And um, oh, you know, and you know we've we've been. You know, we were going through back and forth and we told the stories about how it how like, you know, back in the day, um, Biz was Biz like, you know, he went through the struggle in order to make it. You know, he went through the struggle. You know. And we've all been a part of that. But we're just happy to have you on the show, Shell. You know, it's it's sad that it's sad that like, you know, the way that it comes forth, that everything comes forward is that there's always a death involved that brings old friends back together. Sad too. It shouldn't be that way at all. It shouldn't be that way at all. So we're going we're to change that from now on and everything. And that's not that's not the way it's going to go down for the rest of our lives. And that was part of one of the reasons why I started this show, too, because I wanted to get us all, get the band back together. But I couldn't tell them that because they think I'm too soft. You know, so. See, he's still worried about that crap. You know what I mean? We do it. We do it. You said, you said in the A, show. Did you hear that? Gene X, were you still in Atlanta? You still in that area? Yeah. Well, I'm in the Stone Mountain area. But yo, actually, that's a question. Is Grant on the line? Grant is on the yes, line. Yes, sir. Yes, he is. Yo, Grant, you're my man. What up, kid? What up, kid? I this someplace publicly. You wrote a joint for me, and I can't remember which one it was. You put it on the album, and I got to give you respect for that, though. Oh, man, you know. It ain't nothing, B. You know, we we team, bro. We got the same jersey on, man. All, always have had the same jersey on, player. He said he said that your team and you always got the same jersey on. It's like, that's what we do. No doubt. That's exactly what we do. That is exactly what we do and how we handle it. You know, and, and I've never been the I've never been the technical engineer cat. So it's like that's the reason why this is coming out the way it is. I'm I apologize to y'all. Yeah, like, that's cool. And yo, Wow. Yo. I gotta thank I gotta thank you, man, because without your living room floor, there would be no business for real. That's where we we slept there and your mom, she was cool with that. That's yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. she allowed us to 
allowed the in and out. Sometimes well, my mom wasn't allowed the in and out. So when they well, take the village. Yeah, so, well, your, yeah, your, your, your mom's put up with us at the bus stop all those years, so the least my mom could do is put up with y'all for a little bit because we used to go in there and tear the house up, man. Did you hear you know? that? He said, "He said, well, your mom put up with the bus stop because we used to we used to come in and tear your house up. <laughs> yeah, we used to wait, we used to wait yeah. until we set a bus, and then everybody would boom down the stairs at the last minute and just bust out the door. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need you to knock that noise off in the morning. <laughs> and the next morning we did it again." Poor Joe and Yolanda. They had to put up with so much junk from us. Wow. Joe, Joe, and Young. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. They they hear you, and they said they definitely agreed on that and everything. I feel like I'm the interpreter now. And everything yeah. Yeah, fixed this up. But what? Extra technical game is. <laughs> well, look, Gene. Yeah. Gene, is, Gene is getting on me right now about my technical game. Gene, you're always, you're always on me about something, Gene. Just give me a break. That's my job. What's up? It's always good to see you. How's your family? How's Gina and the rest of the crew? Oh, everybody's good, man. Yeah, man. Good to hear from you, brother. Shit. I, yeah, I remember. It was probably six, seven years ago in Gwinnett. We ran into each other. Yeah, he said it's all good. He remembers six or seven years ago in Gwinnett. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yep, yep. So, you know. But we were, but like, you know, we got to get you on this. We got to get you on this podcast. We got to get you on here, you know, the proper way and everything set up. We do this recording every, every week about this time. So if you want to come back next week, you know, you know, give us a shout out. We talk about a lot of different things and, um, you know, we miss you, bro. You know, you family. I I miss y'all too, man. It shouldn't be like that. I mean, we should be more together. The crew we had when we were young, man, we should be kings right now, all together. Right. Yep. Well, we still can. We still will be. We well, still, we can. We can do it moving forward. Yep. Yep. One day, Grant, Gene, I want to share some stuff with you. Actually, get everybody's number. Uh, I, you know, I got all the stuff from the funeral service. I wish you guys could have been there, but unfortunately, his wife was not from our crew, so it was a tight invite list with all of that but I got pictures of all our friends Kane and all them dudes man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All wow them. that's what's up yeah no doubt and I'd like to share you know like uh, whatever I just shoot them to you in a text message or email well, you know, we did, well, show, you know, we did a, we did a biz show. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. I don't even know if I shot you a link to the show, you know, but we did a biz show and we were talking about it. We were talking about all the things that we experienced growing up with him and, you know, the love that we felt and, you know, we could always do that again and, you know, bring it back one more time. Cause this is, this is something personal for us, you know, yeah. well, it's, a, it's a new era now. I mean, Hip hop changes in so many different hours. We've seen the million dollar boy ever right now. Like, you know, these kids, they put out some kind of crappy. Well, don't let me say that. They put out some kind of original sound and they throw it online and then they make a million dollars and then you got the million dollar boy rapper. Mm. But now we're talking about the time when, when the boom bap was out and it took the art, the, the essence of hip hop, the encouragement, the sharing. And the love, you had to do that to move the music forward. If you didn't share the music, you sure didn't have 
Facebook or, or YouTube. So now I think, X, I think that our, you know, with the passing of an icon like this, I think that era comes back, right? It's, at least it seems to me it's on its way back. We just witnessed Papoose, uh, no, not Papoose, uh, Dipset mm-hmm. and, and The Locks, right? Now, if you yeah. look at the way the dude from The Locks got down, he got down Data. all hard boom bap on old Biggie stuff. Mm-hmm. And, right. And the world loved it today. So that kind of shows you that, once again, hip-hop is changing. There's like three levels of hip-hop. One, two, three, and then one comes on top of three again. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, right. The first level seems to be back for the moment. Well, the truth of the matter is sometimes things have to get worse before they can get better. And I think that's probably um, definitely true when it comes to hip-hop. We've seen like some of the worst. And over the past couple of weeks, I've seen a lot of cats. I saw this cat... um, who was it? Uh, T-Pain. And it's funny because T-Pain was the one that came out that really popularized popularized that whole, you know, um, that whole oh, Yeah, auto-tune. 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 And he was like complaining. He's like, yo, listen, bro, stop sending me this trap music. Stop sending me this music. We have that music. We have it. You know, the thing is about our era was that our music was all original. You know, it wasn't just gangster rap. It was... Guys like Biz making entertaining songs and making entertaining rap. You had like collegiate rappers. You had rappers that were like, you know, you had all types of, it was like a form of expression. Whereas now when you got the, we talked about it earlier in the show, the six record labels throughout the whole thing. So now they control everything that's out there. And if you ain't talking about killing your people, then you ain't getting no fucking record. You know, and you're not talking about Taking scissor, you're not getting a record. Right. Yo, let me one more shout X to and I don't know, I know everybody don't like this dude, but my man Charlie Morata, he let us in his house and he didn't have to when when hip hop was new to us and we were building right. yeah. twenty five dollars right. an hour got us a demo. We didn't have now, kids don't even do that. But yeah. Charlie Morata, man, big up to him. He big should up. be like yeah, no doubt. Big shout out to Charlie Murata. We're giving him a round of applause yeah. right now. No doubt. No doubt. So this is kinda this is kinda awkward and I know that we want to have a better interaction with the guests. So Shell, that means that since you like you bit the bullet and you called in, that means you're gonna have to bite the bullet again. You're gonna have to call back in. Or you're gonna have to come and join us on the Zoom next week and everything so we can do this proper. For real. Yeah, no doubt. For real. Hey, yo, fellas, Gene. Love you, dog. Rob, you're my brother. Parker, brother. My man, I love all y'all. If you can, hug all your people for me. Tell them I love them. And we got to be better about us getting together. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Beautiful. No doubt. Yeah, man. And you know what? We appreciate it. All right, Shell. Yo, thanks for calling. 
Thanks for calling in. Peace. And, yeah, we love you. Peace and love, brother. Yeah, man. Love you, brother. All right. So let me, let me, uh, so I, I, this is a story that I, that I tell people, uh, quite a bit about the first time me and X recorded a demo, right? We, we recorded it at Charlie Murata studio. We made the sample. So, so a loop, right? We actually made a loop is called a loop because it was a piece of tape that was cut on both sides, spliced and taped together. You run it through the machine, hold it back with a pencil to keep it tight. And you hold it there for the six minutes to get the, to get the sound that you want. You feel me? Yeah. I tell, I tell people that story all the time, just to illustrate, there's a difference between loving hip hop and doing hip hop. Mm. That, that versus that you saw the other day, Dipset versus the locks. That's what you saw. Jadakiss loves this shit. Mm-hmm. Cameron and them, they do it because they do the business of it. Mm-hmm. That's why they got their asses told the fuck up. Dog. Bro, let me tell you something. After the after the first song, they came out, the locks came out the or the first song that I saw was Fuck You. And I think that was the first song that they came that they that they did. When they came out to fuck you, it was over. Mm. Before Dipset even said a word, the <laughs> battle was over. Mm. I yeah. didn't even watch it, but I see all the uh, I see all the after talk on it, and see that yeah. I, I saw some flashes of it that people posted. Where you know, but yeah, it it, it, it can. I, I wonder now though. I wonder now how Cameron and them feel about that battle. I don't know. How did you feel after the first time you got your ass whooped? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this, I'm sure and, that and they listen, can, we should have prepped a little bit better for that. And listen, this is this is not this is not a diss to dip set, right? I love Cam. I love I love Jim Jones, like Jewel Santana. I love all them cats, man. Um, but what I'm saying is there's a difference between yeah. Loving the music and doing the business of the music. Them dudes- hip hop, hip hop, man. It hip hop means intelligence springing up. That's what it means. To be hip means you aware, you awake, you in the know, right? Hopping is movement. Hopping is movement. That's why hip hop is constantly changing. If you ain't up on it, you just ain't, right? I'm gonna always be up on it. When mm. I when I call these dude when I call these jokers whack, it ain't because they can't rap. They were brought up from the cradle rapping. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't brought up from the cradle rapping. I learned how to rap once I moved to Long Island. All right? These cats were brought up from the cradle rapping, listening to Rock Him. I saw the God. I saw the God at Wine Dance Park, bro, on Wine Dance Day. Me and Craig Mack went caught caught the train to Wine Dance, and we went to see we went to Wine Dance Day. Rock him, bless the bless the park. That was I mean, like, listen, you can't, you can't. That's what I come from, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what we all come from. Is shit like that. You can't, you can't fake that. You can't fake it. 
You can't fake it, no matter what. I remember walking down the street just a couple of years ago, on my way to a real estate event, and suit and tie, and everything, just like dressed to the nines and everything, like you know. And this dude was hawking his tapes on the street, and he said he was like, "Yo," I was like, "Yo," I said, "Isn't any good?" He's like, "Yeah." He was like, "Yo," he was like. You is somebody, ain't you? I was like, nah. I said, I used to get down, though. I used to be. He was like, you can tell. That shit is on you. Yeah. Shit is on you, B. You understand what I'm saying? You can't fake that. You can't fake it. And like he said, like, you know, like Shell said, thanks to to Rob's mom, you know what I'm saying? Like, your moms didn't get the shout out at the funeral. You know what I'm saying? She didn't get the shout out at the funeral, but for real. First thing that came to my mind was I remember picking him up, you know, going and picking up biz at that spot in East Islip where he was on the flyer. They had all the rappers and he was like on the flyer in the bottom, like, you know, little corner and everything someplace. And every time he went there, they tried not to let him get on the mic. Yeah. You understand? You don't love hip hop if you don't have those, if you don't have that experience, if you can't go to somebody. And nowadays, hip hop has changed to the point where if a cat come out and he say some shit that's like too hardcore and too rough and you can't handle it, you know what I'm saying? It's a good thing that that verse, that that versus is basically on the internet because today, cats, when they get their asses handed to them lyrically, they want to shoot you. They want to shoot motherfuckers. Nas X don't. Well, Nas X, well, he want to shoot you in a different way. <laughs> but anyway. Right. Yo, yo, you y'all see the Because the, the battle culture is not a, the new joint. Yeah, you got another one, dude. Naked men dancing in prison. I promise you. It's, it's, it is. Yo, out there, out I'll tell you what. Like, this brother is making yeah. sure he is not, he is getting all of his 15 fucking yeah. minutes. Like yes, he sir. is not. Yo, going these ain't 15 minutes, bro. These ain't no 15 minutes. I don't know what you're talking about. These ain't no 15 minutes, man. That dude is going to be an icon in this society. Watch. He is. I you can't, watch. I can't, even knock, watch. I can't even knock him, though, like for his th- It's not my thing. That's his thing. You know what I'm saying? But I can't knock him for going and getting that paper. He sees the whole. It's like if you're a running back, it's, a, it's, like, watching, it's like watching Jim Brown back in the day. He sees the hole. He's going to run through it. He's you know going full blown right. with it. When they say Hollywood will promote you if you do X, Y, Z, he, he was said, taking notes. He like, said, oh, hold, really? He said, hold my beer. Because <laughs> 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 I'm talking about he the no stop. It's, yo, and he's going to get all of it. Yeah, I, I know it for sure. He's going to get all of it, bro. Because, you know, the, 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 here's the reality the music ain't bad. Nah. It's not. They put they put money behind that music. You know that that music ain't bad music. You know compared to shit they making now. They're not. They're not. They're not just throwing no shit up against there and say, okay, go be vulgar and this and that and controversial and stuff. They make it. I mean, the music ain't bad, and so he he, he I'm talking about he's going to the top. I mean, he's already at the top, but he's going. He's, he's going to be a Madonna or somebody. Watch my thing with Little Nas X is not like um the gay thing. Cause like we all know you, if you listen to music, you listen to gay people. Like you know, if you if you don't if you don't think you listen to gay people and everything, you only listen to one hundred percent heterosexual men and like heteros and like women who don't like you know kiss their girlfriends on the side. You're fucking fooling yourself. Okay, that is what you listen to. 
My problem is just the, with the devil analogies and everything, because like you know, I just can't get behind that. But you no, know. Well, well, watch the new video. Ain't no devil analogies in that one. <laughs> See if you can get behind that one. Get behind it. I know he want to get behind something. You know, you get behind that I'm talking about yo. They doing a full blown choreographed dance routine naked in the shower. I'm talking about a shower full of dudes, brothers. And, I don't think I don't think I, I don't think there was any white dancers in there, and I'm sure. A, and I'm sure white America is very upset about that to a certain extent. No, exactly. Man, they rewound it and watched it ten times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, that shit goes sell, sell, sell. <laughs> they rewound it and watched it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like you know. I think of the Muppets when I think about the boardroom of the record companies with Nas X. You know that Muppet just sell, sell. <laughs> 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 yo, yo, I'm talking about they in there, they having a ball. Yeah, come and get me right here, guys. You probably got. All type of hallways in the in the corporate buildings. Not this Nas X hallway right here, you know. All that. Yeah, Soon as he go in there and say, "I have a change of heart. I'm not making this anymore." I may disagree. <laughs> I, I may disagree with the devil idolatry, but you know what? I can't knock somebody for getting their paper in this world where they try to stop you from getting paper. You know, and that's what I'm talking to. He getting this paper. <laughs> All the way from Willacoochee. He's from Willacoochee, Georgia. (laughs) Willacoochee. No, I just fucking that's that's a jungle fever. My man in jungle fever from Willacoochee from Willacoochee Willacoochee, Georgia. You know, the funny thing is I wanted to have a more I wanted to have a more serious conversation today about fascism and like you know the united states of america it never works out that way when we do this but you know what i'm always happy at the end of the day i'm always happy at the end of the recording with what we come up with and everything so i appreciate you fellas man for you. that's what's up cue the music well, cue the music so that we can... <laughs> <laughs> now, you said you yeah, coming up on his heart out yeah, yeah, I got I got I got to go pick the boy up from Muay Thai. Yeah, let me tell you something. I'm gonna one day I'm gonna surprise y'all. Y'all gonna come on here and everything's gonna be working. You're gonna hear everything. You're gonna hear it all. And everything. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's as, long probably- as long as I ain't gotta keep looking into them damn headlights the whole time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It look like you got a Chevy behind you. Oh, dude, you gotta say something, B. I'm not paying attention to that shit. It's, it's like Christine, right. like Christine right. is lurking behind him. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry, fellas. I'm sorry. Y'all no, wait until no. the end of the show to come up with your grievances. You got to do that pregame. No when nobody was tripping on that, man, I just saw opportunity for a couple casual jokes. That's, that's good, because that's what we do. We tell jokes. <laughs> Brothers, born in trouble. Thank you. Mr. Gene Hopkins, Los Angeles, California. Hey, hey love, peace, and hair grease. I love you, brothers. Peace. Don't if f- only I could use some hair grease anymore. We're <laughs> 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 doing it, but oiling my scalp now. It'll make that thing shiny. Yeah, new now will make it shiny, but like, I, how do you get it off? Like, if you just put new now right. flat on your scalp, how do you get it off? <laughs> right. That's a good question. New Jersey, Philadelphia, Mr. Robert Brooks. Pining for new now. Wouldn't existence. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't existence. That's what I'm talking about. And of course, from Detroit, Michigan, owner of City Wigs. That's 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down to get you some. There you go. Come get yes. you some. Come get you some for all your chicken needs. 
I, I was actually out. I played a little golf today, and I was out. Uh, I was out by your people, by your chicken people. Oh, the Amish. Yeah, I was out. I was out in that direction today. Yeah, out in Amish country. That's what's oh, up. Yeah. Amish, mm-hmm. Amish make good chicken. They make you fresh know, they, chicken. The, the the Amish have some different viewpoints about some things, right. and you know, right now, like well, they, they're an they're an interesting control group right now. Yeah, man. Really? Yeah. We had to get into that a little bit deeper. Then, you know, you have to explain it to mm-hmm. me on a on a on a call personally, because I'm always okay. I'm always open to learn new things. That's what this is all mm-hmm. about. Most of the times, it's like these people are. They're definitely, I don't know if they're more intelligent, but they're definitely better versed in the things that they come on and they talk about. I give them that much credit and everything. And that's what basically makes our show our show. You know, I let I like to let y'all rock. I like to let you rock. I don't know anything about wiring. I need to get you up here to Long Island to come fix this, this come fix this machine. Before <laughs> right. Go. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I bring it down to you, but then when I go to plug it back in, it's just going to be fucked up again. So uh, uh, you'll 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 take good you'll take good notes so that you'll know what you're doing when you get back. Yeah, take good notes. That's what he told all the girls in ninth grade. Take <laughs> notes, baby. <laughs> take notes, baby. And look at me unfurl this American flag. And on that note, we're in trouble. <laughs> Peace.